This is NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Kia Miakonatis. Sankofa is a word that comes from the Akan people of Ghana. It means to go back and fetch it. And as a concept in philosophy, emphasizes the importance of knowing the past to better understand the present. Ghana was just one of the many nations once ruled under the British Empire, a history that is now so far in the rearview mirror, sometimes it feels easier to forget. Satnam Sangara's new book, Empireland, is a quest to remember. His book details the breadth of atrocities from the British Empire's rule and the reverberations of imperialism that can still be felt in modern-day Britain. Here he is with NPR's Scott Simon, chatting about why the story of the British Empire is relevant to Americans, too. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good, it's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming, their mysteries cozier, their noirs more gripping, and their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. Acorn TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, Acorn TV. Brilliant. Prime Minister of Britain, Rishi Sunak, was born in Southampton to Hindu parents of Indian Punjabi descent who were born in Southeast Africa and immigrated to Britain. A lot of history, Indian, British, African, empire, is packed into that one sentence. Author and journalist Satnam Sangara believes that Britain and the rest of the world should learn more of it. His new book, Empire Land, has been acclaimed in Britain and just published in the United States. Satnam Sangara joins us now from London. Thank you so much for being with us. Hello, Scott. You've got an opening chapter added for and um, and addressing U.S. readers, which says, if if I might paraphrase, just because you guys rebelled against the British Empire in 1776 doesn't mean the story doesn't apply to you. <laughs> uh, how so? Yeah, I mean, America likes to think of itself as anti-colonial, but America itself is a creation of the British Empire. You know, the 13 colonies were a distinct phase of British colonialism. The Puritans who ended up on your side of the Atlantic. You know, they were escaping religious persecution, but they were British. And, you know, the enslaved who ended up in America did so largely through the transatlantic slave trade, which the British Empire dominated. Uh, Britain's racist imperialism also inspired America's own racist imperialism. You know, in 1899, you had Theodore Roosevelt talking about how the colonization of India had done great things for the English character. If we do as well in the Philippines and the West Indies, it'd be good for us too. So I think to understand American history, you really do have to understand British Empire as well. A good portion of the book is phrased as a personal journey. Uh, You're from a Sikh family, grew up in Wolverhampton. And I wrote down your words, having faced up to how Britain has shaped and defined my life in deep ways I had never realized, I can't help but wonder how imperialism may have shaped modern Britain itself. What have you observed? British Empire explains so much about Britain. It explains not just our multiculturalism. The reason I'm in India talking to you now is because some white people invaded India several centuries ago. Similar explains Rishi Sunak as well. But it also explains our particular brand of racism, explains a lot of our politics, things like Brexit, uh, explains our language, explains our success in the world wars, explains our businesses. And yet we don't really teach it. And I think the world has a better sense of British Empire 
than the British people themselves. Mm. You, uh, you trace through the several stages of imperialism from the, from the plantations in Caribbean and, and North America uh, to the British takeover of the East India Company. And then finally, Britain, of course, abolished its trade in slavery in the 1800s. But you caution your countrymen, don't be too proud of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the legacy of the racism is something British people are not are particularly aware of. I mean, the racist violence was, was imported straight into Britain in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. Brown people were beaten up almost for a sport, um, mm. came straight from empire. And equally, the discrimination in jobs, but in pubs, you know, there were certain pubs when I was growing up that you just didn't go into if you're brown. And the wild racial stereotypes, you know, the idea that, you know, Sikhs were good fighters, West Indians were good workers, or, you know, equally black people were lazy. All these racial generalizations came from empire. I, I say this to someone who uh, admires your book, and I was a reporter in India. Uh, India still unofficially has a caste system. Empires are not unique to Britain. Many existed across what we now uh, know as modern-day Africa, South America, and the Middle East. Their empires were not nearly as large as the European powers, but are you holding British history to a higher measure? I don't think so. I think British empire matters in particular because it was the biggest empire in human history. You know, it covered a quarter of the planet. And I think it also matters because I think the level of denial in Britain is really quite profound. And I think there's very little awareness in public culture about what British Empire involved. I think that's why it needs particular attention. You note many times in the book, though, that there, there was always a lot of opposition to imperialism within Britain, from prominent Britons, Prime Minister Gladstone, Orwell. Queen um, Victoria, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's an idea in, in at the moment that, you know, in Britain, that you mustn't criticise British history because doing so is is unpatriotic. But you're right. There's a proud tradition of opposing empire right from the beginning. You know, people like Gladstone, Queen Victoria, objecting to the excesses of the British army in China. Opposing empire was just a proud in a, a British mm -hmm. imperial legacy, as all the other things that these people are proud of, like the railways and uh, you know, defying the caste system and so on. What does it say of Britain today that the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, Conservative Party and a Hindu, uh, the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, Liberal Party and a Muslim? Racism is certainly real, but does it suggest Britain has a capacity for something better too? Yeah, absolutely. I think things have improved a huge amount in our lifetime. And it's undeniably a great thing that Rishi Sunak is Prime Minister, a brown person. I never thought it would happen. But at the same time, you know, his political party are, have embarked on this culture war, arguing that, you know, woke people like me should be silenced. And so it feels like brown people can make it to the very top in Britain. But once they get there, they have to act like nothing needs to change. Unfortunately, almost all the brown people at the top of British politics all have the same views about race, which is just not natural. And I've talked to people in the Conservative Party, brown people who say that, you know, they feel like they can't bring their full selves to their careers. And that means that we've still got a lot of work to do when it comes to race and our history of imperialism. Satnam Sangera, his book, Empire Land, How Imperialism Has Shaped Modern Britain. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Scott.
This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Delta Airlines. When you think about it, half the trips the world takes are trips home. Home. What we all eventually long to get back to, no matter what took us away to begin with. Those at Delta know that. Because all 100,000 of them are, above all, travelers just like you. It's why they try to make you feel at home long before you even get there. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.